Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Jaden. And we are back with another episode after Super Wild Card Weekend. And honestly, it was a pretty fantastic weekend of football overall. Most of the games were pretty close. A lot of games were closer than we expected. We had a couple big upsets, a huge comeback, and Tom Brady losing in the playoffs in the wild card round is this the end of his career is he going to retire we are going to discuss that and much more but first let's talk about that comeback which i alluded to which occurred on saturday night in jacksonville the chargers play the jaguars and the chargers jumped out to a 27 to 0 lead thanks to jaguars quarterback trevor lawrence throwing not one, not two, not three, but four straight interceptions in the first half. So then the Chargers were up 27-0. to zero, And then in classic Chargers fashion, they blew their lead. Trevor Lawrence had four touchdowns after his four interceptions. Justin Herbert could not do anything in the second half. The Chargers could not run the ball. Their defense could not stop Trevor Lawrence from the Jaguars' offense. And the Jaguars ended up winning on a last-second game-winning field goal. Jada, was it more of a char- of a Jaguars comeback? Were you more impressed by Trevor Lawrence? Or was this just simply the Chargers having a huge meltdown and blowing this lead? Who do you give credit to? I think that this was really a huge Chargers meltdown. You see, after they went up 27 to nothing, they only ran the ball eight times. If you have a lead in the NFL, it's all about running down the clock, controlling the ball. How, as like the whole coaching staff, how are they not yelling at whoever the play caller is to run the dang ball down Jacksonville's throat every single play when they're up 27 to nothing? They're airing it out. They're leaving time on the clock for the Jaguars to come back. And that's why they were able to in the second half. If they had set up the run game when they're already up, this is an easy win for the Chargers. I 100% agree with you. I've seen a lot of people praise Trevor Lawrence as, you know, talking that he's a top five quarterback now, saying this is one of the all-time great playoff comebacks. And yeah, it was really impressive from Trevor Lawrence to bounce back after four interceptions. But I think this is all about the Chargers. Because if you have a 27-0 lead, you cannot blow that in the NFL completely inexcusable you mentioned the running game which I think that comes down mostly to head coach Brandon Staley who I think needs to be fired because he has wasted two years of Justin Herbert on a rookie contract he needs to go he's a defensive specialist and his defense was terrible in the second half and then you mentioned his decision to just not run the ball which is inexcusable but I also need to talk about Justin Herbert for a little bit because I have been a big defender of Justin Herbert. I have said that he is a top five quarterback in the league. I predicted him to win MVP at the start of the season, and he was one of the reasons why I thought the Chargers were going to win this game. He's actually the main reason why I thought they would win because I think he has the best arm in the NFL. I think he has an extremely good work ethic. Uh, He's a great leader, but I think this is also partly on him. And The play I want to talk about was in the second quarter after the Jaguars punt returner muffed a punt. The Chargers had the ball inside the 10 
with a chance to go up 31 to 0. And on third down, Keenan Allen was wide open and Justin Herbert sailed the ball way over his head. It was completely inexcusable. If the, ja- if the Chargers score that touchdown, they're up 31 to 0. The Jaguars, that like if you're the Jaguars and you're down 31 to 0, you're basically done. So I think, yes, Brandon Stigley should have done better. He needs to leave. Some of the blame needs to go to the Chargers defense, the Chargers offensive coordinator, but also Justin Herbert, because beyond that play, he did nothing in the second half. Do you think Justin, do you agree with me? Or? Yeah, Justin Herbert was a total non-factor in the second half of this game. Absolutely. Um, let's also mention the Jaguars. We have to give them some credit because they did come down. They did come back from 27-0 down. Doug Peterson has really managed to rebuild this team very quickly. He's completely transformed Trevor Lawrence into a very good quarterback. Remember, people were calling Trevor Lawrence a bust at the start of the year. He had that terrible year with Urban Meyer where he led the league in interceptions or was second in the league in interceptions. And then this year, he's been great. Do you think, I mean, how impressed were you by him during this game? I personally do not think it was that impressive because he did throw those four interceptions, and I do put most of the blame on the Chargers for allowing him back in this game. But I think you have to give him credit for sticking in there. I mean, you got to give him credit, but he didn't have a good game. Even he would say that. It wasn't a great game. Yeah, the end, he played all right. But, I mean, he's still, what, 28 of 47? That's nothing special in the NFL. And then the four picks added on top of that, it was just fine. Absolutely. And then as we keep on going with the Jaguars, they're going to go play the number one seeded Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. So let's go ahead and predict that game. Um, Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. That's a stat to keep in mind. Obviously, he had many wins with Clemson on Saturdays. His losses came in the playoffs when the games were not on Saturday. So, you know, that's an interesting stat. The Jaguars are on fire. These two teams played earlier on this season, and it was surprisingly competitive. Do you think it's a routine Chiefs win, or can the Jaguars make this a game? I think the Jaguars can make this a game, but, you know, I, I, I just have to pick the Chiefs. They've got a ton of playoff experience. They've been in a lot of games like this. Um, and you just, like, even if the Jacksonville Jaguars get up in the game, you've seen the Chiefs come back on the Texans in the past in the playoff. You've seen them be able to pull through in the playoffs many times behind Patrick Mahomes. So I, I just can't not pick the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Because if Trevor Lawrence throws not even four interceptions, he throws two interceptions or even one interception in this game, a team like the Chiefs that has, as you mentioned, so much playoff experience is just going to take advantage of that so well. Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP. They don't have Tyreek Hill, which I've talked about all season, could affect them in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to be as much of a factor in this game because the Chiefs have the better overall roster, and this game will be played in Arrowhead. The Jaguars, I mean, they were a 9-8 football team. It's not like they're the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals, who I think we can all agree are juggernauts. Now, do I think it will be a blowout? No, because I think Doug Peterson is a good football coach. The Jaguars have a lot of momentum. And as you mentioned, I would like I would not be surprised if the Jaguars come out to an early lead and the Chiefs, with all their experience, rally back, as you talked about. So I think it'll be I think it won't be a blowout, but I also don't think it'll be close. I think the 
the the Chiefs will probably win by about two scores. That's what yeah, I'm going to say. I, I can definitely see that. All right. And now let's move on to uh, one of the closest games. Uh, this occurred on Sunday. It was very interesting. The New York Giants played the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, the 13-4 and Minnesota Vikings, who have had a lot of luck this year, and their luck finally ran out. The Minnesota Vikings lost 24-31, to and the way they lost was especially bad for them because on a 4th and 8, down 7, Kirk Cousins threw a 3-yard check down Instead of throwing it to Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen or Dalvin Cook, he threw it to his tight end, TJ Hawkinson, behind the first down marker by quite a distance. Classic Kirk Cousins. It's like if you want to understand why people don't consider Kirk Cousins to be an elite quarterback, that play is the epitome of who he is. He puts up good numbers, but often in the big moments, he underperforms and he underperforms in really comically terrible ways. I mean, what did you make of this? I think it's one of the yeah, all-time I mean, bad just, plays. Just the whole game, he wasn't really stretching the ball down the field. I mean, he completed 31 passes and only had 270 passing yards. That's super low for his number of completions. I mean, he's just not – when you have guys like Adam Thielen, guys like Justin Jefferson, guys like TJ Hawkinson – You'd think you could push the ball down the field more, but Kirk Cousins is playing it just too safe in the playoffs. Absolutely, and I think he's now one in three in the playoffs. So we have multiple years now where relative to expectations, he's underperforming. He was expected to come and and really elevate this Vikings franchise. Obviously, the year before he came there, they had made the NFC Championship after the Minneapolis Miracle. And since then, they've never come back to that game. He's always been an average quarterback. And I think the best way to talk about Kirk Cousins is to say, if you want to know whether you have a truly elite quarterback in the NFL, you compare him to Kirk Cousins. If he's better than Kirk Cousins, he's an elite quarterback. If he's worse than Kirk Cousins or at Kirk Cousins level, he's a mediocre quarterback at best. Really disappointing from him. But at the same time, the Vikings were kind of fraudulent all season. They had nearly a negative point differential. They were something like 9-0 in one-possession games. Their defense was one of the worst in the league. So in hindsight, maybe not that surprising, but considering all the weapons they had, really underwhelming. Uh, Now let's talk about Daniel Jones, because for me, I think this was probably the best game of his NFL career that I've seen him play threw for over 300 yards, had two touchdowns. Not a lot of weapons on this team beyond Saquon Barkley. What'd you make of his performance? Yeah, I mean, he was great for this team. Uh, you know, was able to stretch the field through the air. Uh, was great in the run game, 17 carries for 78 yards. I mean, they relied on him more than they did Saquon Barkley. And uh, his receiving core is, I mean, a bunch of nobodies. Um, and he was able to stretch the field. Obviously, Vikings, not a great defense, but still in the playoffs for a guy who has kind of had some trouble in the past, uh, like sticking with the with the offensive system, he's played super well. Do you think this makes it so that he deserves a big contract come the offseason? 
I think if they, they keep him and Brian Dable together, I would give him a big contract. Okay, that's interesting. Maybe not not like Lamar Jackson big, but, you know, I'd give him a long-term deal. Uh, you know, I, I'm unsure about this because I agree that he deserves a contract extension, but I would not give him anywhere near 40 or 50 million dollars yeah, a year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's going to be a playoff level quarterback. I think he's worth like 25 to 30. Absolutely. You mentioned Brian Dayball. I think he has to be one of the coach of the year front runners, don't you? I mean, he has been a huge saver for this franchise that was going nowhere. He takes over. They immediately make the playoffs. They immediately win a playoff game. He's been amazing. Um, so now let's talk about the Giants' next matchup, which is against the NFC's number one seed in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off a bye. Jalen Hurts probably healthy now. He played in Week 18, but obviously didn't play in the weeks before that. So, you know, based on Jalen Hurts coming back, one would think this Eagles team is back to being the juggernaut everyone thought they were. But at the same time, these two teams played in Week 18. Jalen Hurts played. The Eagles did win, but the Giants didn't play absolutely any of their starters and gave the Eagles a good run for their money. All conventional wisdom seems to point to the Eagles, given that they are the number one seed. But would you be surprised if the Giants win this game? And do you think the Giants will win this game? No, I'm, I would not be surprised if the Giants won. And I'm actually going to pick them. You saw that Week 18 game. The Giants, they were locked in their seed, whether they won or lost. They didn't play any starters. And they only lost to the Eagles by, like, six. And the Eagles, they needed to win that game to make sure they had the number one seed. And they played Jalen Hurts in that game. They played their starters, and it was not looking good. So if the Giants, like, just play like that, but with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and their starting defense in, I mean, it, it will be a bloodbath for the Eagles. I don't think it will be that bad. They were probably trying to hide some stuff in Week 18. But, uh, you know, I think the Giants have a really good shot at winning. Coming off a big win, I think they can get it done again. Uh, I'm going to pick the Eagles in this game, um, mostly because the big problem with them at the end of the season was that they just had so many injuries. Jalen Hurts, a lot of people on that defensive line. And now with that bye week, I think a lot of their starters are going to get a chance to heal. And with their starters, I don't think anyone can deny that when they were all healthy, they were either the first or second best team in the league. They were undefeated for a long time. They only had one loss for a very long time. We're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys in a second. And they went to Dallas without their starting quarterback and almost beat the Dallas Cowboys. This roster is loaded. It had some injuries, but I think now they're back. Jalen Hurts was an MVP frontrunner before his injury. I think he's going to run the ball a lot. The Eagles are going to use Miles Sanders. Jalen Hurts is going to use a lot of read option. I anticipate him having a huge game. He wants redemption after his pretty poor playoff performance last year. And I'm actually going to predict a blowout in this game. I think that Daniel Jones is going to have kind of a stinker coming off of an emotional high. I think he's going to struggle a little bit. So I think the Eagles are going to take advantage of a few giant turnovers. And overall, this Giants team doesn't really have a lot of playoff experience, whereas the Eagles, yes, they only made the playoffs last year for the first time in a while, 
but they also have a few guys from their Super Bowl run back in 2017. So I'm going to pick the Eagles in a blowout in this game. So that's the first time we disagreed today. So let's keep tabs on that. Last week, our predictions, JW went four and two, and I went three and three. So I think it's going to stay like that with me on top for a while. No, I'm not sure about that. I think the Eagles are going to win this game, and you picked the Giants, so that'll be a plus for me. Uh, now let's move on uh, to the talk about the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, which happened on Monday Night Football. This was not close. The Cowboys won 31-14. to Their kicker missed four straight PATs, so really it should have been 35-14. to Tom Brady had a few garbage-time touchdowns, and he did not play well at all besides those late touchdowns. He had a terrible interception in the red zone. And now he's out of contract at the end of the season. Speculation about his retirement. Do you think this is the end? It's tough for me to say that this is the end of Tom Brady. Because really, I mean, when you look at that team that was around him, that run game was non-existent. And I think if you stick him with a team that has a good run game where he doesn't have to pass it 66 times in a game, I think he could still be a playoff winning quarterback. I think he could still take your team to a Super Bowl. And when he gets there, I think he could win it. I'm not sure who would be willing to sign him. Uh, that's like among the the top tier of teams that could actually get to a Super Bowl with him. But I think if some if a if a job were to come available that had serious like Super Bowl aspirations, I think he could take it and win with them. Now that being said, he is old, um, but I mean he doesn't have a family anymore. So who's he gonna go back to? I don't know. So yeah, I, I think he might stay. I actually don't think there's a real chance that he retires, and I realize I may be jinxing myself. Last season, I said I didn't think he would retire, and then he ended up retiring before he came back, obviously. Um, But as you mentioned, he kind of destroyed his family to come back this one last season. It doesn't really make any sense to to completely destroy your family, have your divorce your wife, leave your children just to come back for one year have a losing record for the first time in your career, and lose to the Dallas Cowboys. This cannot be how Tom Brady goes out. I hope I'm not jinxing it, but I think he's not going out. And you mentioned that there are definitely a lot of teams that would be interested in him. I don't necessarily think if I was the Raiders or if I was the Dolphins or if I was the Patriots, I would completely jeopardize my future to go out and sign Tom Brady because when you sign Tom Brady, you have to cater his the, your entire team around his needs. You have to really make sure you have a really solid offensive line, a really solid run game. You're probably going to have to trade a lot of picks to make sure you fortify all your skill positions. So if I was a team, I wouldn't sign Tom Brady. But he is Tom Brady. So I know there are teams that are going to want to sign him. But as I said at the end of the season, or at the start of the season, I think he's washed. Look, here's my one team. A little bit of a dark horse candidate. I thought of this the other day. What if the Houston Texans signed Tom Brady? They got one of the best left tackles in the league, Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. They got a pretty solid offensive line. Mm-hmm. They got Damian Pierce at running back. He's He can carry it 20, 30 times a game. He's a young guy. They got Brandon Cooks, who he's used to. They can draft a 
a wide receiver in the first round with that second first round pick uh, from the Browns. They can draft Will Anderson at the number two overall pick, have an absolutely stacked defense. They have tons of cap space so they can go bring in all those old wide receivers who he likes, bring in a few dudes on defense. They have Dick Casario as the GM who used to be a Patriots guy for a long time. They can pick whoever they want to be the head coach to work with them. I think I think he might come to the Houston Texans. I hope he does, but that's just me. That is a very, very interesting prediction. I hadn't heard anyone talk about that, but, you know, when you lay out the reasons, I think that makes a lot of sense other than the fact that it's the Houston Texans. And they were terrible this year. And, I yes, know. they were the worst team in the league. They blew their shot at the number one pick. Their owner is one of the worst. Um, they don't have a head coach. But if you get Sean Payton to buy into it, if you, as you mentioned, draft Will Anderson, add a few other pieces, you know, I didn't thought about that, but I think that's a good call. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't know. I, I find it unlikely, but as a Texans fan, I, 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 would, I wish for this to happen. But you know, I think you you convinced me that it could it could be a real possibility. Um, now let's move on to talk about the Cowboys, who were phenomenal in this game. They scored thirty one points. Jack Prescott had five total touchdowns. But now they have to go play the San Francisco 49ers, who are on fire right now. They have won eleven games in a row. Brock Purdy is playing like the reincarnation of Joe Montana. He also had four touchdowns against the Seahawks. So really two juggernauts who are playing extremely well. Two quarterbacks who people aren't really sure about, but had really good wildcard weekends. I'll start with my prediction, and I'm going to stick with the 49ers. And this comes down to how well Brock Purdy is playing. because. I know he's a seventh-round rookie. I know he may not be the most athletic quarterback. He may not have the best arm. And sure, he has a ton of weapons. I'm sure if he was playing for the Carolina Panthers, he would be a bum. No one would know his name. And he would go down in history as another terrible Mr. Irrelevant. But he plays for the San Francisco 49ers, and he is doing extremely well in this system. McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle are three of the best skill players at their position, as we saw against the Seahawks. I think this 49ers team is the best in the league because they have legitimate superstars at every position. Their defense was the number one defense this year. They have probably the best running back. One of the, As I mentioned, George Kittle and Debo Samuel are phenomenal as well. The Cowboys are great too, so I don't think it'll... I think it'll be very close. I think it'll be very interesting. But... Late in games, as crazy as it is to say, I trust Brock Purdy more than I trust Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott has been very turnover-prone this season. He is known to underperform in big moments. The lights seem to not face Brock Purdy, and they do do so to Dak Prescott. So I'm going to pick the 49ers in this game in a very, very entertaining one. What about you? Yeah, I got to agree with you here. There's just too much offensive power with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Brendan Ayuk. I mean, this team has so many weapons for Brock Purdy to use, and they run the ball super well. I just don't see Dallas really keeping up with them. 
I also think they have a better defense that helps out. And Brock Purdy, as you said, he's he, he's been shown to be be clutch. And Dak Prescott, you know, we we've seen many times him in the biggest moments kind of just choke the game away. Yeah, so we agree there on that game, but I think we both think it'll be a very interesting game. Yeah, this is definitely one of the the best games coming into the weekend. Absolutely, and it's there's a lot of history behind this game. Obviously, you had the catch um, in the 80s, big rivalry between the 49ers and the Cowboys in the 90s. So there's going to be a lot of tension. Absolutely. I'm not sure about the new Troy Aikman. I don't think I don't think Dak is like that, but it'll be definitely a, a, a great game to watch. And finally, let's talk, let's predict probably the best game this weekend. Two teams that underperformed relative to expectations on wildcard weekend. The Bills and the Bengals. This game will take place in Buffalo. The Bills coming off a surprisingly narrow win against the Miami Dolphins. The Bengals similarly having to really struggle against the Baltimore Ravens. And thanks to a fumble, 99-yard fumble return to a touchdown, they managed to win that game. These two teams are one of two of the best coming into the playoffs, two elite quarterbacks. Hopefully, it'll replicate the Bills-Chiefs matchup from a year ago where Mahomes and Allen went crazy. Obviously, that was a 13-seconds game. So, you know, it could go either way. Who do you have in it? Yeah, I mean, this is so tough. It could go to anyone, but I think I'm going to give a little bit of that home field advantage in the cold to Buffalo, and I think that's what what pulls it out for them in the end. Obviously, the big factor is, you know, are they going to show up like they did last weekend, or are they going to show up like they have in the playoffs in the past? Because, I mean, both these teams have shown in the past, you know, the, the Bills have gone on deep playoff runs, the Bengals obviously went to the Super Bowl last year. So we know they can both get it done in the playoffs, but last week was kind of a fluke, not great games. If one of them can show up, if one of them shows up like last week, it's done. For, they're done for. But I think just going off of it, Buffalo with a slight advantage for me, but it it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I totally agree that it's going to be a great game. However, I'm going to pick the Bengals in this game because right now I think Joe Burrow is playing much better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen has had a shocking number of turnovers this game. He had something like 15 interceptions and 15 fumbles, something like around those numbers, which is crazy. He's averaging basically two turnovers a game. And against the Dolphins, which that game should not have been close at all. And Josh Allen had two interceptions and he had a big fumble, which was returned for a touchdown, which allowed the Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins to make it competitive. So because of that, I think it, this game is going to come down to a very fine margin. It's going to come down to big players making big plays in big moments or big players making shocking plays in bad moments. And I think if I ask myself, who is more likely to make a huge mistake to toss their team the game? Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? Joe Burrow, as you mentioned, led his team to a Super Bowl last year, which I still have trouble believing that the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, but he did, and he's a national champion. He's one of the clutchest quarterbacks I've ever seen. On the other hand, Josh Allen had great playoff performance last year, but this year, really inconsistent. 
lots of turnovers. I'm not saying he's going to have three or four turnovers or even two, but all it takes is one against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have one of the most explosive offenses and also a pretty underrated defense. I see what you're saying about the home field advantage, but I don't think that's going to play as big of a factor. The Bengals are a cold-weather team. That's something to keep in mind. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Bengals in this game. But okay. it could go either way. We'll see what happens. So this, just, just watch me end up at 4-0 this weekend. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, we'll see. It'll be fascinating. If it's anything like the divisional round was last year, we are in for a treat. You know, ever since the NFL changed the playoff format to include 14 teams, we have really had some phenomenal games. Hopefully, it keeps it up this week because... Yeah, I just can't get over the name Super Wildcard Weekend. It worked the first year, but man, I mean, it's just Wildcard Weekend. Come on now. I don't know. I think it's kind of catchy. I don't know. So anyway, that wraps up our episode, our recap of Super Wildcard Weekend and our predictions of the divisional round. Obviously... We'll be back next week to recap all the crazy stuff that happens between these four great matchups. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening and goodbye.